Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the podcast for the fastest game on two feet and America's fastest growing sport. Here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Welcome, everybody, to Lacrosse and Sport. I'm Steve Jordan. With me is my co host, Roger Welton. And a very good friend and our guest tonight is Brian Paris, who is also an avid lacrosse player. And we have an exciting, exciting podcast for you guys tonight. Uh, it is a podcast that deals with pain management. And Brian Paris has a pain management clinic in Bethesda, Maryland, Gaithersburg, Maryland, and uh, neither of the places. He's nodding at me right now. But uh, he'll get into that later. That doesn't matter at this point. And uh, we're going to talk about lacrosse and pain and management and how we bridge those gaps and how we can make it better for everybody out there who is banged up and or will get banged up. So, Raj, how are you doing this evening? Doing very well, Steve. Very excited to have not only one of our best friends, but a repeat offender. He's been on the show before and uh, did a fantastic job. In fact, uh Dr. Brian Paris, I will tell you that uh, there was a spike in listens. You know, I, I can I could track the stats. There was a spike in listens on that particular episode. So you definitely resonated with our crowd, and um, so happy to have you back. How are you, Dr. Brian Paris? Te Wartan. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm, I'm doing great, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm super excited to talk about this topic because I have dedicated my life to uh, pain relief and pain management from a holistic perspective, without drugs and without surgery. I love that. Uh, you know, there, there, there is it, – it's kind of a new thing. Uh, you know, it, actually, Brian, it's not a new thing for you, but it's, it's becoming mainstream, as, as we would say, um, a little bit you know, increment by increment, but, uh, your facility pain, arthritis relief, pain and arthritis relief center. It's not in Gaithersburg. Where is it actually? <laughs> it's in Rockville. <laughs> it's in Rockville, but it's very close to Gaithersburg and Bethesda. So we treat people, uh, all around the Metro DC area. Okay. Fantastic. So, so we, we knew specifically the center and where it is, and I'm sure we have some Maryland listeners. So, um, that's a wonderful thing, but um, I just want to clarify, you know, once again, for the first time listeners that may not have uh, heard the last episode that you were on with us, uh, Dr. Brian was an accomplished lacrosse player, first team All-State, New Jersey, which is very impressive, defenseman uh, in his own right, and he is a chiropractor who is involved with various, actually, branching out um, aspects of pain management that go beyond just the chiropractor. You're teaming with a lot of other specialties. And can you enlighten us on that, Brian? Because it's fascinating to me because I love the teaming of medicine like this. So I want to start by really talking about the term and eliminating the term pain management because I don't like to manage pain. I like to eliminate it. And, and pain isn't, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's, it's ubiquitous. It's from chronic pain and, you know, we're going to focus more on sports injuries and, and, uh, you know, acute injuries are a complete different story than what we see today in youth. And, 
young adults, elderly, as far as chronic pain is concerned. Um, you know, there's there's opioid addictions or abuse. Um, there's mismanagement. There, so hopefully we can get into a lot of the theories that we've worked with to treat pain and then also treat injury as two separate elements. Um, pain is really it is a perception. It, it occurs up top above the neck in your brain. So it's a perception um, that really stems from areas in the body that have potential to be damaged or that are actually damaged. And then they can become a chronic pattern in your body. Um, important to talk about eventually as we get into this is the psychology of chronic pain as well um, and positive thinking towards getting through injuries or, or dysfunctions and things along those lines. So we've got a lot to talk about. Um, I'll give you a little brief background since I've got the microphone. Uh, I started my career as a uh, – <laughs> excuse me. I started my career as a chiropractor and then saw the need to treat different areas and, and injuries in the body and have uh, since worked to innovate the integrative medicine practice, which includes uh, – what which is the Pain Arthritis Relief Center in Rockville where we do chiropractic, physical therapy – acupuncture and regenerative medicine. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm intent on touching on all those things tonight as we discuss and, and as it applies to sport and lacrosse specifically. Steve, chime in here, buddy. So I appreciate all that. I think it's outstanding. And, uh, you know, in the field that I'm in, in exercise prescription, uh, there is a pain management component to that as well in the warm up and recovery and uh, it can go back as far as about 16, 17 years when I introduced the foam roller uh, as a tool to be able to manage pain and be able to apply a positive influence on the body to increase flexibility, circulation, and promote healing, facilitate healing on a on a many levels. Um, it, I always say it like it hurts so good it feels good, right? So it hurts sometimes when you do foam roll, but the outcome often is very positive and. I have other tools in my studio, as you know, Brian, you've actually influenced me on some of those as well. And um, I've been able to really help people through the through their cycle, because if you're in the game, you're going to get injured or you're going to have some kind of tweak, minor or greater. There's actually I, I'm almost no avoiding it. It's really being prepared for it and having the tools and or resources available to you to be able to deal with it in the moment and or. Like you said, Brian, the psychology, I do believe a lot of pain can be psychosomatic. And I emphasize can be uh, because, you know, you, it's a it's a cycle that we have to break. And uh, if you if it becomes habitual, you know, and habitual can be a day, a week, a month, years. Right. There's there's all different limits to that. Um, and depending upon how long it is, how severe it is, it can become a cycle that is really challenging to break. But with the right mindset, as you alluded to, you can definitely do so, and with the right therapy. So, interested in diving more into this topic, and you know, really schooling people out there because pain is probably one of the biggest epidemics in the in the country right now. I can't speak for the world, but I know that uh, opioids and other types of pain killers uh, that people are taking prescription wise are abused. I think it's the number one abused drug. Or drugs in the in the market right now. Yeah, thanks for that, Steve. Um, Brian, the the key word 
or the, let's say the key phrase that I got from everything you said, and I loved everything you said. I love everything you do, by the way. Um, integrative. I love integrative because when we draw the line at this or that, Eastern, Western, alternative, traditional, I think we're doing our patients a disservice, aren't we? You know, of course, my patients are animals, right? So, but there are some parallels. Um, and, and I think that you're at the forefront of that integrative process when it comes to people and not drawing that line and bringing in all facets. Can you elaborate on that, please? Yeah, I think there's a lot of ego in in everybody, but specifically in medical and healthcare practitioners. And there's like an old school philosophy that it's one cause, one cure. So my training in chiropractic was um, if you have a problem, it stems from the spine. And I've I've grown to evolve beyond that theory where, yes, you can have spinal problems that relate to posture and movement and the function or and or dysfunction of your nervous system. However, you know, I found the need when when someone, you know, has a chronic elbow tendon problem, um, you know, chronic tendonitis in their elbow and. Yeah, there's probably dysfunction and things going on with the neck and the shoulder. However, I needed ways to treat those things. So uh, I saw the need to integrate everything together um, and, and have options and have a lot of tools in my belt for everything in the realm of, of eliminating pain and then treating dysfunction. So I really think that it's important to delineate between those two things. You know, dysfunction can be like torn muscles or disc problems or arthritis and nothing out there. When we talk about pain and and treating pain, there is really nothing out there that actually can heal the tissues itself. Besides time, once you get things like arthritis and, you know, we're really dealing in the lacrosse world, you know, that's why we also got into regenerative medicine, because you can have elements that are naturally coming from the body using science and technology and things like platelet rich or plasma rich, um, excuse me, platelet rich plasma, PRP and stem cells, which can be derived from your own body and stimulate your body's healing mechanisms and really use the intelligence of modern medicine and the body's natural healing ability to actually heal tissue that's damaged. Uh, so, it's it's just uh, it's we're on the forefront of that that science and orthopedics and and pain. Uh, so I'm super duper excited to just you know be creating the pulse in this whole field. Um, and it's just it's been a privilege and an honor to work with people and see their light bulb turn on and say, wow, I don't need to take these pills that are hurting my stomach or I don't need to do a cortisone shot that erodes the bone away from my my body after I get three shots of it. And it's terrifying that that's the common standard for kids, too. I mean, I, I remember playing in high school and I had knee knee pain, which I know both of you guys have had just knee injuries, knee pain. So what did the doctor prescribe? He's like, before every practice, take two, whatever the heck I was taking. I don't even know. And then I gave myself an ulcer when I was, you know, I didn't have anxiety until I got older anyway. So, um, so, I mean, I gave myself an ulcer from taking uh, pills before practice every day, sophomore year, which is insane. Yeah, I remember that. I was actually doing it with you. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I was spared the ulcer. It was probably all those white diamond hamburgers that uh, protected my stomach. Those are crucial. <laughs> um, yeah. Steve, any, any, anything to add on that? No, not right now. 
Awesome. Um, so, so Brian, I love you made the distinction between acute and chronic. Of course, if you blow your ACL, if you have a fracture, that's a completely different animal. Of course, the post-operative aspect of that regenerative medicine and pain management, uh, I'm sorry, pain elimination, as you stated, mm-hmm. uh, play a big factor in recovery and, and whatnot. But what, I think a lot of our listeners are a lot, there, there are a lot of teenagers and college age athletes. So for these guys, so I remember, let me give myself an example. You know, um, I played on a turf field, so I was constantly uh, having a groin issue. My groin, my groin, my groin, it was always my groin, bothered me for three straight years after, from sophomore to senior year. It just wouldn't go away. You know, it was something I managed, and I got electric stim and all that stuff. And getting electric stim in that area, by the way, is not the coolest thing to go through. Um, it's a little <laughs> bit frightening. So what would you do for Roger Welton back in 1994, who's having groin-related turf issues? Or turf-related groin issues, sorry, chronic. So the first question I'm going to ask you is why, like – why was it determined that it was turf? What's what's the, you know, is there? Well, it was a crappy turf. Remember that that old school turf that was a glorified carpet. Um, mm-hmm. When it was dry, it was wonderful, right? Because you could actually wear sneakers on it, which was great. But when it was wet, even with cleats or if you <clears throat> wore turf shoes, it was very slippy. Our sport starts in the rainy season up there, you know, in New Jersey. Where it was, it was always wet, you know, at least until May, and there's a lot of slippage, and I can attribute the original problem from being slippage, and a lot of the other guys had the same groin issues, so I think okay, I, I want to attribute to a, a, a turf problem, but you know, maybe it's a lacrosse problem, I don't know. But, well, no, I, I get it now. I was just, I was, so it's really from your your leg slipping laterally or back or behind you just, you know, not and not ready for it to be slipping. And then you, you pull quickly, groin gets injured. So, I mean, you're dealing with an acute injury. It depends where you're at in the season, you know, um, because w- I don't like to stop anyone from playing because I'm an athlete myself. So it's my job to get someone back on the field as fast as possible. Um, there's very different protocols for treating pain like we uh, you know like we talked about versus so that you can function versus treating dysfunction if you have a torn groin and you need to get through the season we're going to do some different things compared to what we would do in an off-season rehab um so it just depends on what level and and what you're willing to do uh but the approach is really to eliminate the pain per se so in our office, we use a mixture of manual therapies and uh, different neurological stimulation techniques to get rid of pain. My business partner actually created a technique called reflexive pattern therapy, which uses the, the, the thousands of year old maps of acupuncture applied through manual therapy and can help get rid of acute pain, you know, within one to three visits. So we're doing that. We're doing much less of the things that traditional people are doing as far as stretching is concerned or, you know, 
um, as they, I went to a chiropractic school in Georgia. So if it hurts, you mash on it. That's the word they used. Um, but, uh, we, we've taken a slightly different approach, you know, cause when, when you're hurting in your body, you want to stick your thumb in and jam it on the, on whatever muscle part hurts. However, your brain doesn't work that way. So there are some really cool ways to eliminate that pain so the player can get back on the field. We were big proponents of, uh, kinesio tape and, um, you know, providing that support with, movement capabilities um still intact i'm glad you brought that up because people ask me all the time kinesio tape they, we see it in the olympics a lot of course and of course we especially notice it with our um uh gold medal olympic uh volleyball ladies team that yeah, i've, no, I've noticed <laughs> yeah, no, we, we all notice uh carrie walsh and uh What's 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 her partner's name? The anyway, whatever the case, they seem to be wearing this stuff all the time. How does it work? Um, it's you know there there's a there's a there's a host of science behind it. There's also some good placebo, which I like, and I think there's placebo in every application of everything. And you've talked about this too with animals, so it's a little different because you're not you know humans are are different. You know, when when you have a bad relationship with your physician, you're less likely to heal, you know, and if you don't believe that you're going to heal, you're not going to heal. That's I don't think that that's the full mechanism of kinesio tape at all. Uh, it, it allows it pulls the upper layer of the skin off. So it allows the body to um, get all the, the crap and garbage out of the out of an inflamed or injured area. Um, so all the junk that develops and builds in there. It also provides support while allowing movement like where we taped. When we used to tape, uh, you know, when Coach, uh, God bless Coach Shofi and his ankle taping skills. Um, Still his, my uh, Facebook, love that guy. Yeah, mine too, mine too. So we got to give him a shout out when we post this. So, Absolutely. Um, so he was awesome at taping ankles, but it, it created a complete immobility of movement. You know, and sometimes many injuries do require that. However, other, you know, especially you can't tape a groin. It's nearly impossible. So different areas may really um, – benefit from using kinesio tape because it's pretty mobile and i've seen some just some really cool support mechanisms and and pain relief mechanisms using it i love it uh so, so by the way misty may was her counterpart i can't believe i had that brain fart misty may god she's one of my favorites only five foot ten but a beast anyway long story <laughs> short and <laughs> uh steve uh elaborate back to the kinesio kinesio tape. You got anything yeah add back to the back to the kinesio taping absolutely i think there's a lot of benefit in it and i Rock Tape is a brand that I use, and Brian, you're actually the one who turned me on to that. And um, I actually had the owner of Rock Tape come down and visit me from San Francisco and have a discussion about the benefits of rock taping. This was at a time I had no idea. The kinesio taping to me was just – it just looked kind of cool, right? It looked like somebody was – you know, had a badge of honor on their, on their arm or on their back, and um, I almost thought it was almost like um, – it was like someone trying to look cool. And he actually said that that was the case, um, that there is a lot of st stimuli behind that where somebody's wearing it, using it, and using it for a benefit. That is a placebo effect, like you said, Brian. Um, the placebo effect can be very, very beneficial. Uh, I think that kinesio taping does help in the support. There is that kinesthetic feel, like in an area where you might just need a little bit of comfort and support. It gives you that. But it also, it kind of looks cool. And that's why there are many different designs and different colors. And a lot of them are pretty elaborate. You can get into you know, camouflage looks and colored looks. 
that can match uniforms. Um, you know, and I'm saying it very loosely there. It does have that benefit, but it does have this. If you are in pain, sometimes the act of just being positive about it or putting good positive energy into that area can be beneficial. So um, I'm a big proponent of it. I use it in my studio with clients occasionally, um, you know, depending upon what their, their issues are. And I have always had a positive effect from it other than leaving it on too long where people's skins start to get irritated. So if you do use it, take it off after maybe a day or even less than that because your skin can get irritated from it. I'm sure you, I see you nodding, Brian, and yeah, I'm sure you've experienced I, and, that. And, and I, I myself have sensitive skin, and I see fantastic results from my own injuries. However, you know, I'm pretty fortunate because I can walk into my office and get it put on every day. So I use it pretty, you know, if, if it, I don't like the stuff that you can buy in the store and you try and put on yourself. It's like trying to tickle yourself. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. So um, we have people that are trained and have the ex- yeah and have the experience to actually put it on and know what postural positions to prepare for and and what areas they can work with for injuries. So well, Rock Tape is a great brand and they have an awesome online uh, YouTube channel that you can see almost every position for it. And uh, it, the actually the guy came down because he wanted me to do something and try and get on the Dr. Oz. He knew I was on there once before and he wanted me to do this more general population rock taping themselves before they get into physical activity to be able to, um, you know, self-manage pain. And I didn't dig it at the time because I really didn't really understand it to its entirety. And I wasn't, I hadn't used it yet. So I wasn't really bought into it, but I could see its benefit and, you know, taping it yourself is not as good as if somebody else who is a, a professional who's doing it and who is skilled and has the training. But you can go on YouTube and find some really good um, demonstrations on how to do it on their site. It's uh, Rock Tape, you know, and just Google that on YouTube. You'll find some really good good stuff on there. So, Brian, um, so we, we, we've discussed acute injury, chronic issues. We got into the taping. But you have, you know, and you touched on PRP and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I believe that PRP, plate, you know, plate, uh, I got tongue-tied as well, plate, platelet-rich plasma, stem cell, all those things, I think they're amazing. Um, I think that for the, the, the sake of this podcast and the people that are listening, I think getting the athlete through you, through high school, through college – in terms of relieving pain without giving them an ulcer like you got, you know, unfortunately, what are the best tips you can give? What could your center offer these kids, these teenagers, these college athletes? You're, you're near a lot of colleges as well. So talk to us about yeah, that. And, and we work on a host of professional athletes and college athletes and, and weekend warriors. So, um, we, I, we like to do everything that's conservative prior to even moving into, you know, cause it, an injection is an injection. It's a little different than getting adjusted or doing physical therapy. So most people in our clinic, they're starting out doing, uh, like I mentioned before, they start out doing reflexive pattern therapy. We're taking x-rays on an, on an area and then doing spinal adjustments, which are related to that injury. If it's, a, if it's a spine injury or even an extremity injury, because we're looking at the relationship between the center core, which is your spine and, and, and that element affects all the extremities and how they function. So 
we combine and integrate that together. It's not like you come to our office and it's an a la carte. It's 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 a in a it's a system together. Now, some people do not qualify for needing the PRP or the stem cells. However, it's you know, it's when everything else does not work, then we're looking to use those other elements. You know, you have things like fasciitis and, and more and more of these kids are getting conditions that adults used to get which is terrifying. You know, I've seen a lot of basketball players, they go in basketball shoes when they're kids, very young, and it, it seems to flatten out their feet. You know, you've got these tremendously tall guys and gals who are playing basketball with paddles, you know, and it reduces the shock absorption in the feet. So there, there are a lot, there's a whole host of things. I mean, we could talk for hours on this. Um, but again, like really the, the, the central tenet is we're going to treat pain first, so that you can feel what it's like to function. And then we'll say, okay, is there <clears throat> a damaged tissue, disc, ligament, tendon, muscle, you know, and, and then focus on the structural things such as balance and strength and, and posture. So the traditional clinic will typically look at exercise and stretching as the getting someone to get out of pain. So we like to get people out of pain first with our unique techniques, which blend Eastern and Western uh, methods, and then focus on the areas that are uh, potentially damaged. I don't know if that answer. It does. It does. And I thank you for that. Um, I want to ask you a question because I've come across this now half a dozen times in the last five years, which to me is a lot. I don't recall it being a thing. Uh, when we were kids, and I'm wondering why, Seaver's disease, right? So these kids have severe pain in their heels, and some of them end up in a boot. I've had three players, three little boys, nine or ten years old, in a boot uh, over Seaver's disease, and it has something to do with the growth plates. And um, Steve, you and I remember as kids we had Osgood Slaughter disease, uh, we had inflammation in the growth plate in our now now I can educatedly say it was in our proximal tibia. Remember the bump? I still have the bump, by the way. Um, a good friend of ours, uh, Kevin Fazendero, had it as well. He had it in both knees, the poor kid. Um, but uh, well, no, I remember. I, th- I think you guys just like to look cool with the knee brace on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that that cho- that cho pad brace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well. It, 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 it did, I think uh, I've seen that. I think I've seen you wearing that when you were surfing recently. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I've outgrown it, uh, <laughs> and um, I'm past the sympathy that I'm trying to get from the girls and all that. But it was a legitimate. I remember Steve one time when I was in the midst of a really bad flare, my Osgood slaughters. He actually, you jerk. He actually pushed it with his foot. He goes, oh, does that hurt? And I'm like, oh, and I actually hit the ground. He felt bad. I wanted to punch you. You don't remember that, do you? Anyway. No, I have no, no don't. Yeah, this, is, this, yeah. is, this is how the, the conversation goes when you have childhood friends yeah, on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we go back forever. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, Seavers seems to be the same type of thing, but is there an increase in it, or am I just aware of it now? I don't know. I'm, I mean, do you ever I, see this stuff in your office? Brian? Yeah, we do. And I, and I think you see it more now just because you're coaching a lot of youth kids and, you know, yeah. think of the volume of, of, uh, of 
what they do these days. You know, I see the videos you post on your kid. I mean, if he's not in the Parisi speed school, he's playing lacrosse and football and eating sushi. So I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, kids are playing a lot more sports. Like we played one sport a season. That's it. My son just started tackle football and he's playing club lacrosse. So it's like, you know, he's plays two sports a season, not one. And there's, you know, he's moving all day, all day long. So I think, you know, the, the prevalence of those injuries are happening because there's a lot more movement. I get, I get concerned because the boot, you, you need the boot because you got to let the tissue heal and kids won't stop moving. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, but it's important to look at the consequences of, of putting an imbalance in a, in a kid at a young age and how their body can form. So you want to pay attention to the, repercussions if you're only dealing with the injury and the pain you know what happens up the line you put someone in a boot what happens to the to the other foot what happens to the knees what happens to the hips what happens to the spine as a result of being in a boot for a period of time so i always want to look at those consequences down the road as well that's fascinating steve you know i i love that about everything that brian's about is that it's multifaceted it's about one organism you know, it's it's not treating the one limb; it's the whole body because the one limb affects the whole body. I think that's a brilliant outlook. You know, what do you think on that, Steve? Yes, uh, I do think it's brilliant. You can't look at anything isolated anymore. I think that was where we were Antiqu- very an- an- antiquated, very short-sighted. Yeah, before in the past, and we are now seeing that the body is made up of a whole, and with each incidents of pain or dis-ease and or uh, some kind of breakdown in tissue or structure, you're going to have a whole system and cascade of events. Um, It's called the cumulative injury cycle, you know, where there's dysfunction. I remember, Brian, you probably appreciate this, and this was like 15 years ago, I had come in to work for the National Academy of Sports Medicine as an educator, and my boss and the mentor at the time uh, Dr. Michael Clark, who's a world-renowned physical therapist, said, all right, I want to know what you know. And he said, if somebody uh, had a big toe problem on the right foot and about six months later started developing a shoulder issue in the left shoulder, I want you to be able to trace the events, how those could be related. And I looked at him with, like, cross-eyed. I was like, are you kidding me? How the hell is that possible, you know? And uh, I knew it was. I just didn't at the time figure it out. I didn't know, but it took about a week of research and asking some of the other educators there on on that cascade of events, and it definitely related. And that's where I first saw how everything is interconnected between the nervous system, the muscular system, and the skeletal system. So um, I think it's brilliant, and it's great to see that they are starting to see this in medicine. And I know, Brock, Brian, you're a doctor of chiropractic, but you know, even our friend Danny Virginiak, who's a doctor of orthopedics, you know, they're starting to see this now. Um, I've known that they've been embracing it more and have been more open-minded to it where before they weren't uh, and or they maybe were a little uh, maybe scared of some of the, the repercussions if they started to think that way or practice that way. But it is becoming more of a, a an, an all-around common thing common thought and general consensus between all healthcare professionals. And that to me is the most important thing because now we're all talking about the same thing. We may do it a different way, approach it a different way and have our own techniques, 
But really, we're, we're looking at it all as from the same perspective as a whole rather than as a separate system. I believe you know, that's our, what holistic means, right? It's the whole yeah. patient. You have to address the disease, of course. I mean, this is my perspective. Of course, I'm dealing in dogs. But my perspective always with my patients is that you look at the whole patient. And you have to address the disease. You have to stop the madness, so to speak. You're going to stop the pain, the hemorrhage, whatever it is. But you also have to prop the body up to do what it does best and heal itself. And I think a lot of these techniques that we're discussing enable that. You know, it's 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 not one and done. There's there's so many aspects to health, Brian. Uh, yeah, and it's I, I couldn't agree more. Our the the person who works in our facility and works with us is an orthopedic surgeon who finds the benefit to regenerative medicine. So he's the guy who does all of our procedures. So he's you know he's opened up thousands of knees and shoulders and you know now is he's a little bit older so he's into the field of regenerative medicine and that's the direction that he he wanted to go and and sees the major benefit of. You know, and, and I'm dealing with elderly people as well, but there are people under 60 should not be getting knee replacements. And when there's the availability to get things like PRP and stem cells, um, that's that's my opinion. And I look to, you know, exhaust all of these conservative methods, um, you know, and it's there, there's just a there's still a large bias out there against holistic medicine, so to speak, because there's. There's such a variety, you know, got some people waving crystals all over you, but then you got people who are doing things that are that are a little not downplaying the crystals. There's some merit to that somewhere. I just don't understand it myself. Um, so it never made sense for me to learn it, to apply it. But there, you know, people benefit from it. Uh, it just, you know, from an athletic perspective and a, and a sports perspective, we stick with the things that are more in your face, which is, you know, what can we do to help you get out of pain? And then what can we do to help you heal your tissue when you, you know, when you've damaged it? Yeah. So, so it, it's provable. It's quantifiable. It is, it is something that, again, though, you know, when I look at holistic, to me, that term is all of it. You know, you just described all of it. You have an orthopedic surgeon, right? So, so that, that just says it in and of itself. You have an orthopedic surgeon. I love the multifaceted approach to medicine in all facets, not just not not just orthopedics. Of course, we're focused on that today in a sports show. But, uh, gentlemen, it's been really phenomenal, enlightening. Any any final parting words that you can uh, share with our beloved public, Brian? Uh, yes, I think that uh, there just needs to be. I don't want to say patience because people aren't patient when they can't play and when their kids can't play. It really, um, it you know, I know the level of seriousness of competition for youth sports. And, you know, you have to realize that your children will grow up to be adults when their joints don't heal as fast as they do when they're 10 and 11 and 12 and 13. So you really have to take the big picture into into thought when making a decision on what to do. Uh, and exhaust all conservative methods. Um, you know, chiropractic, physical therapy, acupuncture, doing those types of things for injuries instead of going for medicine. Um, you know, I, I, 
I love orthopedic surgeons and um, I have a lot of friends. One of our best friends is one. I work with one. Uh, their expertise is surgery. It's in their name. So they're not always the best at dealing with stuff below surgery, sprains, strains, chronic repetitive injuries that are not broken tissue or torn tissue. Uh, so many of them do have that training, so I don't want to downplay anything. However, I've seen athletes get back on the field much quicker with much more conservative and holistic type therapies. I'm raising my hand right now because I'm one of those athletes. <laughs> um, no, that's great, Brian. I, I, I loved everything you, you actually you stated tonight and everything you just stated in that last statement. Steve, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think that it's important for the individual listening. We're, we're talking, obviously, about what to do when you're in pain, but I think it's equally, if not even more important, to do what you need to do prior to getting into pain. You have to live life in balance. You have to recover. You have to eat well. You have to hydrate. You have to rest. You have to get your seven, eight hours sleep. Um, take time between your sessions of workouts and training and practice and uh, games. And I heard, you know, Brian, you say that your son is playing two sports, you know, like, you know, spread them out, the practices out, or maybe you even have to make a, you know, a call on as a parent and say, you know what, you can't do both practices today, or you got to take tomorrow off and take the day off. You're not, you're going to gain more by doing that than working that person or, you know, the, the child or, uh, if you're listening you know, to the bone where you really then are in a position where you are in pain and it may be hard to get out and you've screwed up your season or you may have even screwed yourself up for life on, on the full extreme. So just use caution, live life with balance always. Balance, as Mr. Miyagi once said, which our listeners probably have no idea who Mr. Miyagi is. <laughs> um, hey, listen, I love you guys. Always a pleasure, Steve. Dr. Brian, thank you so much for coming on board with us. I know we, we, we wanted to make it a regular gig. I know your schedule is really tough with your center that you're expanding. Um, anytime that you're available, we are going to try to wrestle you back in on the friendship uh, card. So thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to share with uh, the listeners and uh, Te Wartan. Te Wartan. <laughs> Thanks, Te Wartan. Brian. Lax on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>